praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will rise and give to him because he is his friend, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, Will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thanks, Colleen. I almost want to like, pose that question right up front. It's like, so what does the Holy Spirit highlight for you in that scripture? What, 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 what's one thing that sort of sticks out for you as you read that? What's, I mean, we've read the story before. We've, we've, we, we know this. But like, so just as, you, as we go on this journey this morning, what is it that the Holy Spirit is, is putting on your heart related to that scripture? Because maybe that's the thread that you need to pull all the way through. And so, so take a moment. Like, what is it about it? Um, I love that story. Jesus was a great storyteller on how he sort of like, he sort of um, shares with them and then he sort of tells them the story. And um, as we see this morning in the scripture, it's about Jesus teaching on prayer. And there, there's sort of two parts to the teaching. And the first one is, is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's also known as the Disciples' Prayer. It's the, it's the, the, maybe you could see it as the content of what prayer is all about. And then there's the parable, the story that Jesus tells. And that's the, the nature of prayer. And so this morning, out of that scripture, we're going to look at what is the content of prayer and what is the nature of prayer. And so as much as we allow the Holy Spirit to, to allow that scripture to filter into our lives and, and give us sort of um, uh, what it is that He wants us to take out of this, we, we all know about prayer. We're all Christ followers or those that, that, uh, that accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We, we're on this journey of prayer. And, um, and so there's that part that, that we need to pull through to as well. 
And so what I want to do, instead of starting with the content, I first want to go to the nature. So I want to go to the story before we go into the content. And, um, and, and look at that. And uh, it's interesting that Jesus says in that story where he, he says, suppose you, suppose you um, have a friend and you go at midnight to go ask for bread. And he says, no, you can't come in. And uh, uh, sort of goes on and the story says, uh, the, you know, Jesus says that you might not get bread because he's your friend. But what you will get the bread for is your persistence. Um, and uh, that's quite interesting. And then he, he carries on and talks about... Um, you know, the whole thing of um, uh, getting to the place of, of, of getting good gifts from your heavenly Father. And so when you look at this sort of the, the, the nature of prayer through the story, there's uh, two things that come to my mind as we look at sort of developing a, a sort of this, you know, working through this, this subject on prayer. And the first thing is about relationships. When you look at when, we come, when it comes to prayer, see, in that story it says, you have a friend or you turn to a friend in a time of need and um, and uh, there is this the relationship is that of a, a neighbor perhaps but then it goes a little bit deeper and the relationship talks about a parent and a child so it goes from a very sort of maybe a superficial friendship or it goes from a friendship that happens as neighbors and it goes all the way through it's pulled through all the way through to that of a parent and a child um, <clears throat> And, 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 and then Jesus goes on to say, like, you almost wish that he would say, or you almost think that what he's going to do in the story, he says, you know what, it's actually that friendship that's going to get you that bread. It's actually that friendship that's going to get you what you need. But he goes on to say, you know, in, in, in um, my translation talks about a, a, a shameless audacity that will get you the bread. Um, the, the other translation was being relentless. It's like you're pursuing that's what's going to get you the bread. And so, so it's almost quite interesting. And this is the power of story, isn't it? And so Jesus is telling the story. And, and he's, he's like, yeah, you, so suppose you're a friend. And then it goes on and it goes in a parent and a child. And he says, and you know what's going to get you that, that bread? And you, everybody's shaking their heads. Yes, it's a relationship. And he goes, no, it's your persistence. I mean, I'm sure it is the relationship. But Jesus is trying to sort of stir things up a little bit. And maybe that's what uh, I'd like the Holy Spirit to do with us this morning, to stir things up. Uh, in our lives when it comes to our prayer life. And so, but, but, but when it comes to Jesus saying, no, hang on, it, it, you know, it's that, uh, it's that persistence or it's that, uh, that shameless audacity that you, that you have that you will receive. Then on the other, at the end of the story, he goes on to say, but uh, you, as a father, you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? then he does bring it back to relationship. Because he doesn't say, like, as a, a father, you're going to give your, your, your kids something that's going to hurt them, or when they ask for something, you give them something different. And so there's, it's quite a thing. I encourage you to go read that scripture again and go read that story. I mean, Jesus is a powerful storyteller, and he's stirring things up here. And so the first thing that I, that I take out about the nature of prayer, and that is relationship. And that is relationship. And then the, the second thing about prayer is, is there is the matter of asking. There is the matter of asking. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And then he goes on to say a little bit further. Well, the next verse he says, so if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, the door will be opened. Whoever, Jesus says. And it's quite interesting there because some people would say, <clears throat> 
And I don't want to jump ahead in my message. Like, like I don't want to pray because I don't hear God or I don't get from God. Uh, but, but here's the profoundness of the story. If you ask, you will be given. Do you get it? Do you get it? And it's actually as Colleen read that scripture that it, I got it. Lord, why haven't you answered my prayers? I've asked. Almost God would want to say by the power of the Holy Spirit, what have you asked for? What have you asked for? Well, I've asked for this. And I've got this. It's almost God saying, when you ask, it will be given. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open to you. So on the one hand, you've got that and the profoundness that comes from that. And then we've got James 4 verse 3 where it says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. There's something in there. There's something in there for us to process and ponder on in terms of like when it comes to asking God in our prayer life. And so the story of Jesus highlights the complexity of prayer, the multifaceted nature of prayer, the paradox of prayer. And that's why I want to start with the nature, the nature of prayer, because it is complex. I mean, if you've been a Christ follower for, for a, a number of, of years, you will know that at some times in your, in your prayer life, you're on fire and you're praying down revival. And other times you haven't prayed that week. And so there is complexity to prayer. There is this multifaceted, multifaceted nature to prayer. There is this paradox to prayer, to the nature of prayer. One commentator says this, We are in awe before an infinite force, yet there is intimacy within a personal relationship. Prayer is a struggle and at times a duty, yet it is a delight. Prayer takes, prayer, prayer takes, in prayer we need to take heart, yet prayer we need to use our head as well. Prayer is about knowing the things of God. Prayer is about the truths of God, yet we experience mystery about God in prayer. Just that paradox, or that, that, that complexity when it comes to prayer. Another commentator says this, in prayer, we move from isolation to intimacy, from illusion to reality, from self-interest to compassion when it comes to prayer. And so there is this nature of prayer. And I guess when you read that story again and again and allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth to you in that story or to make that story come alive or, or for that story to, to, to penetrate your own heart, then we get to see the things that God is trying to communicate to us about prayer. And I've just shared two with you. I've, sh I've shared about relationships or the relationship nature of prayer and then this idea of asking. This idea of asking. And it brings about the complexity and the multifaceted nature of prayer and the paradox. And so as we, as we look at this, as always, we just hold the, the, the nature of prayer for what it is. Let's move into sort of the content. We read in, in Luke 11 verse 1. One day Jesus was praying at a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And the disciples of us, uh, the, the disciples of old, of old, asked Jesus to teach him how to pray, and we get this opportunity to even today say, "Jesus, teach me to pray." I think it comes down to that story again, the nature of prayer that we can go back 
time and time again to say, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Or, or maybe in a different way to say, Jesus, teach me to pray this way. Or teach me to pray in a certain way. Or call me, Jesus, to pray at this time. And I think it's very liberating for us to know that prayer is a, a, a learning process. So, so when you speak to someone and say, no, they've arrived in their prayer life, you know that they haven't. Because we're going to be learning till the day we die. And so as, as sort of we come to this place of being liberated to know that, that prayer is a, a learning process, we do know the depth, the importance, the power of prayer. As a Christ follower, you do know that. If you don't know that, it's, prayer becomes something to that of evangelism, where in the scriptures we're told that we need to go and share the love of Jesus with others. So we also know that as a Christ follower, one way of growing in your faith with Jesus Christ is through your prayer life. And so we know the importance of it. We know the, the, the depth of prayer, the power of prayer. But if you have to be honest and look at that story again and come to understand the nature of prayer, where would you find yourself in one of these categories where people would say, I don't have the desire to pray or I don't have the gift to pray or I'm not that type of person. I don't pray like that. What about saying, um, well, prayer is just, it becomes, it's all like, it's, it's such a sense of duty that I've just got to go through the motions. Maybe you're one of those that say, you know, when I pray, I feel like God is so far away from me. Or you might say, I don't know if God actually hears my prayers. Or you might say, you know, when I pray, nothing happens. When I pray, nothing happens. You see, I think it's when we come to a place, maybe today, where we own where we are in our prayer lives and realize that prayer is a process, a learning process. It liberates us. It always inspires us, doesn't it? I'm hoping that at the end of this, you're going to be like me where I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to get back into praying. Because if that's what you're telling me, that's what I need to do in things that are out of my control, then I must pray. And I'm hoping that if, if that's the call that God has laid on my heart, I pray for us as Wellspring, that we be a community that prays. That we be a community that prays. Maybe this is the fresh call to, for us as a community as well. So the interesting thing is when the disciples went to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you teach me how to pray? They were prayers. <laughs> they, 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 they were prayers. The, the disciples had prayed probably all their lives, yet something about the quality and quantity of Jesus' prayer that caused them to see that how little they actually knew about prayer. That's reassuring for you and I, because some of you have been praying for years or been a Christ follower for years. But maybe there is something in that. So even if you're in a place where your, your prayer life is strong and you've come to develop prayer as a gift, there is something for you this morning in processing this, this encouragement or this challenge to pray. And so as the disciples of old prayed or asked, Jesus, teach us how to pray, we can do that as well. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus gives the greatest gift in learning how to pray. And that's the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer. And, um, and the interesting thing is I've spent some time over this week looking at, this, at the, the Lord's Prayer. 
You see, there's nothing wrong with reciting the prayer at church. There's nothing wrong in your devotional life in reciting the prayer. But I don't believe that's what Jesus, that, I don't think that was his primary purpose for us as Christ followers when he gave us this prayer. I mean, I don't know, um, you know, the, the, the author, Luke, how he recorded this. Did, was it spontaneous when the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray? Jesus said, oh, that's easy. Here are these five points. Bang, 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 bang. Or did he process it? Did he take some time? Did he think about it? Did he say, well, like, you know, like my prayer life, like, you know, this is what it's like. Okay, it's like that, it's like that. Okay, here's the summary of, of we, we don't know that. But, but what Jesus does is he gives, he gives five points on how, to learn, on how we are to learn how to pray. I don't think the purpose of the Lord's Prayer is to recite it. I mean, we can recite it, but we lose the full meaning of the Lord's Prayer. And I guess that hinders our learning process when it comes to praying. So there's nothing wrong with reciting the Lord's Prayer. Um, but when we mechanically repeat these words... It doesn't help us in our learning. Because I think there's a difference between saying the Lord's Prayer and praying it. And praying it and, and, and working through it. And where I want to get to this morning is for us to pray through the Lord's Prayer. See, when we, when we truly pray the Lord's Prayer, the results can, can transform our lives. The results can transform our lives. The consequence of engaging and studying the Lord's Prayer or using the Lord's Prayer in our, in our learning process transforms our lives. Richard Foster, in his classical book, uh, Celebration to, to Discipline, to, he, he writes on the, the spiritual disciplines and he, he writes on prayer. And uh, he, he gives us he gives this um, definition of prayer. He says, to pray is to change. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ. Wow, I like that. So to pray is to change. And so as we engage with the Lord's Prayer, there needs to be some results of that in our lives. And it's, it's, it could be answered prayer. I'd love that. I'd love that. But it's a change that happens in our lives. Oh, really? Very interesting. So Jesus says, if you want to know how to pray, these are the essentials of prayer. The five petitions, the five points. And I'm going to quickly run through them. The, 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 the five things of prayer that Jesus gives. And, and each petition is a point on which we can begin our conversation with God. Even if, we, even if we have wrong motives in these five petitions, at least it's a starting point in our discussions with God. Because remember, it's a learning process. And in each of these petitions, we can learn something vital about the nature of our need for God. It's quite interesting. As you go reading into the scripture and you go reading into, into, into the Lord's Prayer, there is so much that we can gain out of it more than just the content. So I love that, that, um, that each of these five petitions, we learn something vital about the nature of our real need and needs for God. 
quickly going through them. But before we do, the first thing that we need to notice about the Lord's Prayer, it begins with a simple invitation to call God Father. To call God Father. Never before in the history of Judaism, Judaism um, had anyone dared to pray like this, with this great sense of intimacy. This is the glorious gift given to all Christ followers. This intimate access into the Abba heart of God. You see, for you and I, that's a given because we understand that. Because we are, we, we are on the other side of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit within us. But is, there, is this, there is this gracious gift that we have been given to call God Abba Father. And this invitation opens up our hearts to a new realm of intimacy in our praying. The realization of this, this, this Abba Father, that the, this access that we have to God, not only to God, but to God's heart. And the idea of intimacy, this is what brings the change into our lives when we pray. Because this intimacy with God brings character change to our lives. This intimacy opens up our lives to allow God into the depths of who we are. Do, do, do you see that? Is that when, when we're intimate with somebody, we, 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 we open up our lives, we open up our vulnerabilities, we, we share of who we really are. And so it's not so much of the intimacy is about God opening up to us, it's about us opening up to God. The safe place where you can go and, and, and open up our lives to the impact of Jesus Christ and, 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 and that intimacy links us to the Holy Spirit. This intimacy that we have to call God Abba Father. This intimacy also helps us in, 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 in bringing change to our lives and it gives us an opportunity to take off the masks and, 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 and be ourselves. And as we do that, there is a self-knowledge. The self-knowledge of who we are increases. That's why I was saying that these petitions, what they do is they help us to see the nature of our real needs. Is that when we come to God and we pray, that's why, that's why I'm so profound this morning where, we, where Jesus says, Ask and it will be given, seek and find, knock and the door will be opened. It's in this sense of self-knowledge. Your self-knowledge increases the more you desire to pray, the more you engage in prayer, the more you desire to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, the more you want to hear the Father's heart. And you'd be surprised by that. But I think sometimes we forget it's not just a one-way direction. It's the other way as well. That as God reveals His heart to us, as He opens up who He is to us, we do the same to Him. We do the same to Him. In this time of vulnerability, I mean, in this time of intimacy, there is this character change and we open up who we are but not only that when we when 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 we experience this intimacy we we begin to see that people matter that people matter when you when you engage in the lord's prayer there's no ways that you cannot be concerned for the person your neighbor or for 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 people we move from being self-centered to 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 our suffering neighbor to to our enemies not only to our enemies but to strangers as well this intimacy that, that is given, this gift that is given to you and I, is that there's this intimacy, there is, there is so much power in it. There is so much that we, can, that we can gain from this intimacy of knowing the Father's heart. Man, it's such a privilege. Perhaps that's part of my problem when it comes to prayer. I take that for granted. That there is this deep intimacy that I'm able to engage in when it comes to, to, to God the Father. 
And so the intimacy brings that change. The intimacy brings that change. And as we experience that intimacy, there is this invitation for our hearts to be opened to what God has for us. Then we are able to, to call out, hallowed be your name. And this idea of, this is the first petition, hallowed be your name, allows us to affirm the holy otherness of God. That, that when we get to that place of saying, hallowed be your name, we realize that God is God and we are not. God is God and we are not. And you know what that does? That petition of hallowed be your name, it, it fills our lives with reverence and, and it quietens our hearts. I love that. And so when I'm driving my car, when I'm doing a deal, where I'm seeing a customer or there's somebody that's a rate and they like, they've, the rider's taken their money and I'm a cheat and I just want to take their money. It's a moment you call to pray, to pray. Quietens my heart. Lord, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. It allows us to affirm the holy otherness of God. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Praying this indicates our willingness to be transformed into the image of God. Why? So that we can become agents of the kingdom. So that we can become agents of the kingdom. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us our daily bread. And uh, it's quite interesting. Asking for the, our daily bread makes sort of us mindful of the basic necessities for a full life. Food, shelter, health. And as we engage in that, we realize that, as I mentioned earlier, is that when we pray these prayers, when we learn how to pray as Jesus teaches us, we can't not but think of those that don't have shelter, that don't have food, that don't have health. Ask and you'll receive. And as you receive, God will give you, give you more for more. Seek and you will find. As you find, God will give you more for more. Knock and the door will be open. God will give you more for more. He'll give you more in your asking, more in your seeking. He'll give you more doors to, to walk through. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive anyone who sins, us, sins against us. God's forgiveness is it about opening up ourselves. Opening up ourselves to, to receive the forgiveness of God in order to forgive others. And lead us not into temptation. There's a request for protection and deliverance from the evil one that seeks to destroy human life. And as I was pondering on this, lead us not into temptation. I'm like, oh, like, okay, there's a couple of temptations around, but like, hey, like a bit of self-will self and a bit of like putting systems in place and things like that, it'll be, it'll be okay. But, but, but as, I, as I learn how to pray, I realize that not being led into temptation is that there is Satan and he is real and alive and he wants to destroy you and I like a roaring lion wanting to devour us. just helps me you know it gives me a perspective when it comes to temptation it's in prayer that we that we are able to open up ourselves to God and allow God's spirit to come and dwell within us our father 
not my father, our father. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we also forgive anyone who sins us against us, and lead us not into temptation. I've probably just scratched the surface this morning, but it's a start, isn't it? What I'd like to do is I'd like to, um, I'd like to give you an example of how we can use the Lord's Prayer, because we can take these, these five points and we could sort of apply, really apply them to our own lives and get stuck in that, that circle again of like, you know, okay, it's for me, this is how I'm going to learn it. But like, I want to open it up. I want us to really engage with this prayer that Jesus says, this is how you ought to pray. The five petitions. The five petitions. And we can, we can use it in so many ways. And so one way, just to start, I'm going to pray for Candace. Candace is my wife, using the Lord's Prayer. And this is a great way for you to, to not only pray, but intercede. So there are other ways that you, you know, this, I, I, I suspect if Jesus says this is the way you need to pray, I, I, I suspect we can use it in any form of prayer. We can use it devotionally. We can use it intercessionally. We can use it in ministry. We can use it in so many different ways um, uh, in, in praying. So I'm not going to say let's pray because I'm just giving you an example. And I'd go, our Father in heaven, May Candace live today with reverence towards you. Please reign and rule in her life. Do your will in her life as it is in heaven. Give her things she needs for today. Forgive her sins as she forgives others. Bring her through her trials and temptations and deliver her from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Forever, amen. That's a powerful, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord, we want to come before you this morning, and we thank you for this time. Lord, thank you that you've laid this on my heart, Lord, a call to prayer, an encouragement, and a challenge. I pray for each one of us, Lord, that we would respond to that call and challenge. But not only for us as, a, as, as, as people, but as a community. That we would be that community that prays. Lord, thank you that uh, as you've called me, Lord, not to throw my hands in the air, not to turn a blind eye, not to put my head in the sand with the things that I have no influence over but does affect my life. There is the challenge to pray. I want to just take a moment and um, let's pray. Um, have this opportunity to pray. Maybe you've got that scripture. You can pray there. You can put somebody's name in there. You can put your own name in there. Maybe the Holy Spirit will allow you to to pray through maybe in a different way um, also maybe this is an opportunity for you to you know just reflect on your prayer life with God where is it um, and uh, be honest 
Remember what I said, like that intimacy creates that honesty. Um, where are you in your prayer life? Maybe you want to recommit or you want to continue that learning process. Spend some time praying. Let's just pray this morning. And then I'm going to get, get us to, to pray out aloud a little bit. So we're just going to go into this, into this moment for a bit. Just have some time to pray.